whatever the thing is that you're fearing, you need to lean into it because the fear is not telling you you shouldn't go down that path. It's lighting the way. Welcome to the Real Raw and Free Podcast. And girl, you've come to the right place if you're ready to raise your vibes and drop your fucks. I'm your favorite hype girl, Yolanda Russell. I've gone from being a burnt out nurse to helping women step into a more confident and authentic version of themselves. Join us every week for raw inspiration, mindset hacks, and other tips to help you live a life that is unapologetically real, raw, and free as fuck. I love you so much. Let's do this. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to the Real Brown and Free podcast. It's your girl, Yolanda. And today we have a special guest, Danielle. And I'm so excited to hang out and jam with her today. I got to meet her in real life. Um, and she's just such a cool spirit. And I know that she's got so much to offer to you guys today. And before we get into this, I want you to go follow her on her Instagram. So, Danielle, real quick, if you could tell us what your Instagram is and where we can find you. Hi guys. So my Instagram is at by Danielle Amelia. You can find me there. That's like kind of where everything, the hub of my life is on Instagram at by Danielle Amelia. And Danielle is hooking you up. So make sure you listen through to the end of this episode to find out how you can go shop at styledaf.com and save yourself some money. But you got to listen through this episode and trust me, it is going to be so juicy and so worth it. Yeah. So my company is called Styled AF by Danielle Amelia, and it is a play on words because my initials are D-A-F. And so it's styled as fuck or style Danielle Amelia feelings. But I always tell people like whatever you prefer, whatever makes you more comfortable is what you can call it. So that's my company. And it's kind of random. I fell into social online retail about four and a half years ago, and I was selling one brand. I partnered with them for a while. And then this year I switched over and parted ways with them and decided to launch my own brand and my own curated collection, which I had no idea how to have a clothing business, but I just did it. Um, Before this, I was working in corporate America for a TV provider. I managed all their independent retailers on the West Coast. So it could not have been more far removed from clothing (laughs) and possible. And so, yeah, I just fell into it and really loved being an entrepreneur and the challenges of it. And it's so fun because you get to be so proud of everything and every single piece of the process is yours. And just seeing like everything coming and going and the marketing and every little win is amazing. And even like the little challenges, you just feel so good about them when you overcome them because it's yours. You're not working for somebody else or helping, you know, some corporate conglomerate. I love it. And now that I'm have my own curated collection that we're doing, it's really awesome because it's my style infused into every single piece that we sell. It just feels like me. And I tell people my collections inspired from, I'm from California. Now I live in Texas. And so it's a California casual vibe with a Texas flair. I really want people to not have to overthink when they get dressed every morning, but I still want people to feel like they're going to stand out and have that confidence. And so we keep it really simple and maybe it's like a pair of jeans with a top that has like a little ruffle on it or something like that, but easy to wear. Like that's my big thing. You know, you know how it is. You get in front of the closet and you're like staring there. I have nothing to wear, nothing to wear. Well, I want you to feel good head to toe 
without it being too much effort. <laughs> Preach that on like it not being about effort because I do like, I'm always just in like stretchy stuff because my body's like very weird to fit, but you do. It's true. Like I want to look cute walking my dog, especially on days when my hair is done. And I just love what you're bringing to people. And I really want to reiterate something that you said. And that was this idea of not wanting to really work for someone else and supporting your own thing and really having your hands in every single part of that process. So I'm curious, you know, you make this jump. How scary was that for you? And what set you over the edge? Like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. So when I first got into the online clothing business about four years ago, there was really no question. I was just like, I'm going to do it. No problem. And I did have my corporate job and I did that for about six months overlap. But when I decided to part ways with that one company that I was selling, I never was scared. I just really like to lean into like what feels good, what feels right. And it just felt like, okay, this is the next step for me. And so there really wasn't a lot of fear behind it. Um, and so it just was like, okay, this is the next step. There was some like nervousness about, okay, I have to come up with all new processes and systems and that sort of a thing. But once we sat down and like looked at it and put these processes in place and now it runs seamlessly. And even still though, it's been a few months, we're still refining things and working out some kinks, but there really wasn't any fear behind it. It was just like, this is what I'm meant to do. And so I'm going to do it. I love that. So you're just like, a, this is what my heart's telling me to do. Go jump and leap. What kind of advice would you give to some woman that is listening to this podcast and is like, oh, I'm in this company and I want to leap or I'm doing one kind of thing, but I really want to branch out on my own and do it because you've done it and it's been like this. Yes, it takes effort, but I think you didn't have the fear piece that so many people have. What would you tell that person? So I wouldn't say that I didn't necessarily have that fear piece. I've learned how to manage it. And so I always tell people that whatever the thing is that you're fearing, you need to lean into it. So lean into your fear is my big, like thing that I tell everyone, because the fear is not telling you, you shouldn't go down that path. It's lighting the way that's the path you should take, right? The safe way is staying at your job, doing what you've been doing. You'll be fine. But leaning into your fear is the guiding light. And that's always what I tell people. So no, it's not that I didn't have fear. It's that I've learned how to manage it. So just in case y'all didn't hear it, cause I wrote this down, lean into your fear and fear lighting the path. And I just love helping people like shift their mindset because our mind just gets in the way and we look at fear the wrong way. If it's not scaring you, then it's, it's not what you should be doing. Right. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. So you're doing like all the pieces. You've got all the inventory is like here in Austin and just everything. Oh yeah. Everything. Where do you, where do you keep everything? <laughs> so I have a huge house that's just for me. And so the inventory is all throughout my house. We had it contained in one room and now it's like slowly like creeping upstairs into the guest room on the loft. I am going to um, expand into a warehouse space, but I didn't want to do it in the middle of the holiday season. So hopefully by the beginning of next year, we'll have but then I'll have this big house that I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and you guys can't see her, but she she is. She's sitting and she's got like racks of clothes. There's like this really cute star thermal thing that I know I saw on her website. So amazing. And I think that if you are someone here and maybe you have been down this path and you've tried to sell clothes for another company or you're looking to branch into, how could I start doing this myself? Make sure that you give Danielle a follow because I always feel like, 
women that are doing things, they're simply showing you that you can too. I want to kind of get into some of the fun of Danielle and just bring you guys something a little bit different because she's got a podcast which is called uh, About the Weekend. And I just want you to kind of tell us what encouraged you to start that podcast, what it's about, and who's tuning in and listening to that, and what is your mission behind it? So I moved to Austin a little over a year ago from California, and in California, anyone that's from there knows, it's maybe it's different. My experience in California growing up there, it's really hard to have a social life because everything is so spread out. My sister lived 25 minutes from me, but it would take an hour and a half to go see her. And so having a social life was really challenging because everything's crazy. You're not going to spend $90 on an Uber to go out. And so, yeah, it was hard to have a social life. So when I moved here, I really focused on building a strong knit community and I have that and I'm so proud of it. And I went out one weekend with my friends and it was just like a crazy, crazy weekend. And I was like, this has to be a podcast. Like I have to tell the story. And so I think also people are sometimes ashamed of kind of the things that go down when they're out on the weekend. And so I was like, I'm just going to be real and raw with it and share my story. And so it's really just kind of a conversation about like what happens when you're in your thirties, still going out because you're single, um, the crazy things that 30 year olds are doing still (laughs) and not hold like not being shamed. If you're out there getting drunk on the weekend, having fun with your friends, like if you're building that community and doing whatever it is you find fulfilling, I want people to know it's okay, whatever it is. Absolutely. And I'm all about doing the shit that makes you happy. So from Southern California to Austin, where we really do live in this place where you can get anywhere for, you know, a $10 Uber and it does, everything is so accessible. It's, it's got an incredible nightlife. There's an incredible music life. That's such a big transition. So being here and being new, how did you reach out and start finding those people that are your 30 something tribe and are out and about? Yeah. So when I moved here, I didn't know one person. And I just decided I'm going to go out, even if it's by myself, because it's not really weird when you're brand new to a city to go out to a bar and like grab a drink by yourself. And I was going to talk to people and I made a really great group of friends just by going out. Um, And they have been awesome. And then a few months ago, I was like, I feel like I need to expand my circle a little more. And I actually got on Bumble BFF and started swiping. And I I'm such a big advocate for that app because I made like three or four friends on that app who also made three or four friends who also made three or four friends. And we've all kind of come together and we have very similar uh, backgrounds. We're all single. We're no kids. We all like to do the same things. And so I feel like you don't have to weed through maybe like meetup groups because you might go to a hiking meetup group and you're going to have people who are married with kids. Well, they're great, but probably not the people that are going to go out with me to a bar on a Saturday night. So I think with Bumble BFF, it's really awesome to be able to really highlight like, okay, I'm going to swipe on somebody who is single, no kids, maybe doesn't live all the way in super North Austin. Um, And so it really helped me kind of bring this group together that I'm so grateful for. And you guys, did you hear that? All it takes is a few people. So whether you're building like a network marketing business or anything, a a new social network, or you have an idea and you wanted to get it out into your community, it really only takes a few people. Everything is legitimately at our fingertips. I was on Bumble BFF once upon a time, 
looking for people to join my team. But it was like really distracting to me. It was like another social media thing for me to try to catch up and stay um, in touch with. But I love the idea of just going and finding people because maybe I can find like my 35-year-old weird tribe that's like not drinking and doesn't have kids. I've, I've never really thought about using it um, in that way. Yeah, so- I love it. And I think too, like you have to be really proactive. So I used it pretty heavily for a couple of weeks and I was getting really overwhelmed because girls are always like, yeah, I'm down to meet up. I'm down to meet up versus dating's different. But so I got really overwhelmed and I had like four or five like BFF conversations going on. I was like, Hey, why don't we just do like a group happy hour? And everyone was down and that's what we did too. And so everyone got to know each other. And now we have this amazing group where everyone has kind of contributed more friends. It's awesome. Technology, the way that it is right now, we're human. Like we crave connection and technology is almost in a like way causing us to be further apart from each other. I think people are swiping, but they're not going out on the dates. They're just sitting and swiping and we're missing this connection. So yeah, kind of leading into that with you being single and fabulous and in your thirties, how are you meeting people to go out on dates with? So this is like my favorite topic of all time is dating in your thirties because it is, I mean, let's be real. Like 10 years ago, I was like, Oh, when I was 23, I was like, I will 100% be married by 33. That is not the case. I actually, so I've used Bumble BFF, but I do not use the apps for dating. For me, it's just, I look at somebody I'm going to meet on an app and the willingness to reprioritize my entire day to go out with them without ever experiencing their energy is real low. So at least if I, I feel like if I meet someone out, I'm going to have, I'm going to be much more excited about rearranging my life to go out with them again right? So I don't use the apps. Uh, All my friends do. And they're like advocates for these apps. And I also have a pretty big personality. And I feel like that doesn't come across in the apps. And I find the small talk to just be a waste of time. So I don't know, I just don't like them. And I tell everybody, I do better in person. I meet people at bars. I meet people at events. I meet people at restaurants. I mean, I literally, I recently met an Uber driver. Like I will. (laughs) And like, you, I just feel like you have to not be afraid to like open your mouth and make that conversation and just be your genuine self. I, I get like a lot of the people who have like shy personalities, the apps are great for them. But I think if you're willing to put yourself out there and talk and kind of make yourself the center of attention, meeting people in real life is no problem. And that was something I didn't always understand. I used to be like, how in the world do you go at a bar and meet a guy? I could not like comprehend that. Yeah. But now I know I, like, I, I have spoken in front of like thousands of people at one time, but for a while I was like, I cannot wrap my head around going to a bar and talking to a guy. Like it didn't make sense to me. And now I'm like, Oh, my single friends that live around the country. I'm like, come visit me. I'll show you. Like, it's so easy when you just like find that confidence within yourself and open your mouth and have a conversation. People want to talk to you. It is. It's the vibration that you put off. So if you're sitting in a bar and you're like, I'm 30, I want to date somebody, but you're not going to open your mouth and speak up. That's the energy that you're going to attract. It's it's zero. It's nothing, you know? I'm curious to know, because you're extroverted and you have a big energy, are your friends also super extroverted or are they tend to be a little more introverted and they're attracted to you because you are a bigger personality? That's a really good question. I would say that most of my friends do have pretty big personalities. And not shy, not afraid to speak their mind and pretty extroverted. And I think, you know, they say your vibe attracts your tribe. And I have some other friends who like another entire group of friends here who are the complete opposite. They're pretty shy, reserved. They don't go out and I love them and we do things together, but like my core group of people 
are people that all want to do the same things, have the same attitude about life, the same enthusiasm, like the willingness to talk to other humans. And so I think we're all actually pretty similar. That's really interesting. And so in your dynamic, when you were growing your own business, right? Because I think that our energies and our personalities has a lot to do with how we build businesses. Was it similar? Were you finding people in your to bring into your business or even your assistants that you use now? Are you attracting those people that also are maybe a little more outspoken and willing to speak up for themselves? Yeah, I definitely think in my professional life too, it's, I'm surrounded with people who are confident in who they are. And customers, if my customers are not, I feel like that's what they're coming to me for is maybe to help, help them find that little bit of confidence. So I do a lot of Facebook lives. I'm probably live 10 hours a week at least. And I'm helping them find that confidence within themselves by sharing stories about me and my life and things that have happened to me because it helps them feel like they can relate to me. And so they're like, oh, I'm not the only one that's been through this. I suddenly have a little bit more confidence about that situation in my life. And so I think, you know, if you are that confident extroverted person, you can definitely use that and channel it to help other people feel more confident. Tell us craziest, wildest shit that's happened to you recently, just being out and dating. <laughs> okay. Um, the probably the craziest thing. Oh man, this is like, so I'm going to get real with you. Um, so the Uber driver that I met, um, I mean, I love Ubers. If you guys follow me on Instagram, again, at by Danielle Amelia, I go live on Instagram stories in my Ubers and interrogate my Uber drivers. I, every single time I get into an Uber, I'm like, how can I make the most fun out of this ride? And so I got in an Uber one time with this guy and I opened the car door and noticed he's playing country music. And I'm like, not a country music fan. I was like, oh, country music. That's how this is going to be. And then I look at him and I'm like, oh my God, he's the hottest Uber driver I've ever seen. And we just have like the best ride for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, I got to ask for this guy's number. So I found some reason he said he had never been to like my favorite bar in Austin. I was like, Oh, well clearly you need to go with me. So let me have your number. Like so easy. You guys like asking for a guy's number is the easiest thing in the entire world. So he gives me his number and we start chatting all day. And I'm like, no way. And like, I'm not even kidding. Like you guys, <laughs> he was gorgeous. I was like, Oh my God. So he texts me. He's like, yeah, I'm coming back out tonight. Let's go out. And so we went out and I seriously had never laughed so hard in my entire life. We spent two hours talking. My cheeks were like on fire from laughing. And he came home with me that night and I, we definitely hooked up. And afterwards he turns to me, he's like, you just fucked your Uber driver. I was like, I can't wait to tell all my friends. <laughs> I mean, and I was seriously so excited. I texted everyone I knew because everyone knows how much I love riding in Ubers. And I was like, you guys, I just fucked my Uber driver. Like they were like, well, it's about time. That's probably like the craziest, most recent story that's happened. Put that shit on a t-shirt. I fucked my Uber driver. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. I love that. So are you guys still connected or like what happened? Um, <laughs> so we were connected for about a month or so. And then it just kind of fizzled. You know how that goes. Yeah. Like, I was like, well, I'm into you. He was like, well, I'm busy, you know. So that's no more. So I'm on the hunt for the next Uber driver. Maybe it'll be a Lyft driver. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a Lyft driver. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I freaking love that. I think it's fun because I was like, oh, yeah. Like, let's just talk about the dating thing because I'm so far removed from it. To me, I can just go out. Like, it is not that hard to go out and meet a guy if you just want to have sex with them. That's the easiest thing in the entire world right? So, so easy. I don't need to sit there and swipe on an app. And like, how awkward is that though, too? Like you swipe on an app and the guy's like DMing you like, Hey, want to come over? You're going to go over to that person's house without ever 
having any sort of energy exchange with them versus I can meet somebody and this has happened at a bar. You like lock eyes, make out and take them home. There's really no difference in the amount of time you've spent getting to know this person, but I'm really just big on like vibing on the energy. And so you can't get that on an app at all. The challenging part is definitely finding someone who wants to make a connection beyond that. And I think this is my struggle is a finding those people and b like implementing the standards to communicate that that's what you're looking for as well. Right. So like Mr. Uber driver was never going to be that right. I hooked up with him that night that I met him. That's never going to be, you can, you don't have the chance to implement the standards of like, no, you need to take me on a date now. He's like, what do you mean? Like we already, you already gave me what I wanted. So it's up to us to implement those standards. And also the, it's up to us to have the confidence to maintain those standards. Because I think what happens is like we start, we meet someone and we're like, okay, we're going to hold back sex or, you know, say we want to go on dates or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden we see, feel them kind of slipping away because they don't want to stay risen to the occasion. And then fun, suddenly we're like, okay, well now let's have sex then and thinking we're going to keep them around. So really you have to have that confidence to maintain those standards and be okay with the guy leaving if he doesn't want to live up to those standards. It's tough, real tough. Absolutely. It is all about raising your standards. And I think setting an expectation and like what you expect from people. And if it's just like, Hey, we're going to have fun. We locked eyes. This is great. You know, maybe you'll be my husband, maybe not, but like, this is just where we are versus like really setting. This is what I'm expecting. And I don't know that I tell this story a lot, but I used to joke with one of my friends when I was on a dating app at the time, like when I was meeting Stefan and I said, whatever guy tells me he'll take me on a vacation, I'm going to have sex with him. That's what I said. (laughs) I mean, that's more than like dinner. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But my ex-boyfriend was in the Navy and was just like always too busy. And we just like, we never got to like go and like do that fun shit that we would do. And I started dating Stefan in like November and by December, I remember um, being in his car and I think we probably had had sex by then, but being in his car and him being like, Hey, I really been thinking like we should go on a vacation or something. And I'm like, be careful for what you fucking wish for because it will come your way. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. It totally will. Yeah. That's so funny though. (laughs) So I'm kind of dying to know because I'm 35. I don't have kids, but we are engaged. We've been engaged for two years. Do you deal with family or friends that feel like maybe you should be on a timeline with your life? It's so funny you bring this up because this has been on my mind a lot recently. So I'll be 34 next month. And I feel like 35, the number 35 creates so much pressure for women because that is the cutoff to suddenly like you're going to have a geriatric pregnancy should you have kids. And so I feel like we have this timeline. So many women in our heads have this timeline of 35. Because we're like, shit, if I don't get pregnant by 34 and a half, I'm screwed. And so it has been on my mind a lot. I even thought like, maybe I should, they have that test you can take at home to see if you can even have kids. I thought I'm going to order that because if I found out I couldn't have kids, I feel like the pressure would come off of me. I was texting my sister about it this week. I'm like, Rachel, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like all this pressure, like, do I want to have kids? Do I not want to have kids? I feel like I haven't decided yet. She's like, I don't even know why you're thinking about this. I'm like, it just, I'm going to be, I'm approaching that age. And I, I really wish, like I was saying, telling this to somebody yesterday, I wish somebody in science would come out and say, 40 is the new 35, right? Like we're going to push back the geriatric pregnancy because I feel like women would just kind of have this like collective sigh of relief of like, 
okay, this gives me a little bit more time. And maybe we wouldn't have women ending up in relationships and marriages that they didn't want to end up in, getting pregnant before they wanted to, et cetera, et cetera. So I definitely like internally struggle with this on a constant basis of feeling like I am tiptoeing to this like arbitrary number that some doctor implemented at one point. And I feel like it's a race against time. But at the same time, I have always had the mindset that I'm not sure if I want to have kids or not. I want to decide that with whoever my long-term partner is. And so that's my mindset. But I feel like people, that decision with them is going to disappear the closer I get to 35 and you do the math in your head. So it's definitely something I struggle with on a constant basis. I totally get you because I'm just turning 35. And I think for me, it was like my sigh of relief, Stefan having kids already and us just like looking at it from this place of fun. And he, when, when we started dating, I was like, what do you want? Like, what is it that you're looking for? And it was, I'm just looking for a girlfriend. Like, I don't want to be married again. I can't have kids. I'm, you know, have taken care of that, like with my ex-wife kind of thing. And I was just kind of like, okay. And it took so much fucking pressure off. And I think there's so many women in your shoes of, oh my gosh, I'm approaching 35 or I'm 32. And I don't know about you, but I'm 35 and I've never thought that I was pregnant. I have never bought a pregnancy test. I have never, like outside of like just going to the gynecologist and then making sure you're not pregnant. That has never been something I've done because for me, I think it was just never a belief. I just don't believe that I was meant to be more than like the best dog mom to Ralphie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've definitely, you know, I have definitely not necessarily had scares, mm -hmm. but I think I've had moments where I'm like, maybe this guy maybe it's going to happen with this guy because I'm meant to be with this guy, or maybe I'm trying to find a reason to force this guy to be with me that I'm going to go take a pregnancy test. And so I've definitely taken them, but no, I've never had a scare. I've never even come close, nothing like that. And I know I also, I don't know if I ever like want to physically be pregnant. If I did eventually want to have kids, maybe I would adopt. I don't know. Again, these are all things that I think will become relevant when I meet that person. But the pressure of meeting that person is intensified the closer we get to 35. Yes. So what do you do to breathe your way through that? So I text my sister who tells me to stop being ridiculous and overthinking it. And I, I'm really just like a big believer at the core that everything is going to happen when it's supposed to. You're always in the right place at the right time, always right where you're supposed to be. And so I just like kind of have those little reminders. Of course, my mind spirals off sometimes. But if I just remind myself, I'm always right where I'm supposed to be. So this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now, which is almost 34, single, and no kids, and that's okay. The only person putting the pressure eventually is me, or at the end is me. So it's like, I just got to keep reminding myself that I'm always right where I'm supposed to be. Oh, I love that. You're always right where you're supposed to be. So, yeah. you know, I think when you look at your journey of being in corporate America, right where you were supposed to be, starting your own, you know, kind of side business, right where you're supposed to be and it landing and leading you right here. And I don't know that we mentioned it. What made you move to Austin? So um, last, I had never even been here before. And last year I was visiting a friend in Dallas and um, I just saw like how cheap it was in Texas. And in California, I felt really stuck. Like I said, my social life was kind of stagnant. Dating was non-existent in California. It was so expensive there. And I thought I really need to make a big change in my life. So I visited my friend in Dallas and saw how cheap it was. And I knew I didn't want to live in Dallas. And somebody said, you would totally love Austin. And I had always thought that I would love to visit Austin and felt a connection there. So I packed everything up and moved out here. I didn't know one person. I'd never even been here before. 
<laughs> that is just letting fear be the light and just doing shit that is scary and that just pulls you to go forward. So let's wrap this thing up. Let us know one fun, wild fact about you. One fun, wild fact about me is that I have been to Burning Man seven times and I really feel like I did so much growth at Burning Man over those seven times. I don't know if I'll be back. Sometimes I think like maybe my time as a burner is over, but seven times I started going when I was 19, which is crazy. Okay. Oh my gosh. I need to first know, because I think you like, you get addicted to whatever being in that environment is. Yeah. Yeah. You totally do. What the fuck is Burning Man? So it's a festival out in the middle of the Nevada desert, two hours north of Reno. It's not a music festival. It's not a hippie fest. It's not a drug fest. It's really just a temporary community that people come together for and build this city where it's based on radical self-expression and radical self-reliance and no judgment. I will say that's the best thing about it. No judgment. And there's a massive sense of community that comes along with it. That's so interesting because I used to have a boss that went to Burning Man every year <laughs> and he would also wear kilts. Like, yeah, so kind of just thought like, oh, he's just different. And then it was kind of Instagram that I started like looking at what Burning Man is and you see like people and they're all dressed up. I'm sure you probably go all out with like the fashion, you know, is there any thought behind that or is it just like this idea of just self-expression? Yeah, it's really just that idea of radical self-expression where like you can put on whatever makes you feel you that day and own it and everyone else is doing the same thing. And so it's not weird to see someone else in costume and you're in costume and it's just like, I feel like this is who I am today and this is what I'm going to be. So it's all about that self-expression and no judgment. How do you get invited to Burning Man? You don't get invited. You can buy tickets. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I like, I just have this like misconception yeah. of it. And, and I thought like people are all like, um, weird psychedelic. Mm-hmm. What is that? You don't shower, right? It's, it's, it's interesting. You can, if you build it, anything that you need for the week you have to bring. So you can build a shower out there. You can build whatever you need. We've had like small camps to the most extravagant camps. The last year that I went, I actually went by myself and did it all on my own. And so I didn't even have a shower because I could, was like, I'm not going to build it. And so you're fine. Baby wipes. It's really dry out there. So you don't get greasy dirty. You just get dry dirty, but it's fine. Everyone else is dirty. So it's no big deal. Any hookups at Burning Man seven times in? So I actually went with a long-term boyfriend the first six times. And then the last time I was like, I got to do this on my own. And it was really just like a, more like a spiritual experience for me at that time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What does like sleeping arrangements look like there? You bring a tent or an RV. I'm a tent girl. And you bring it, like I said, whatever you need to survive for a week is what you got to bring. So you bring a tent, you bring mattress, all your clothes, water, food, everything. Okay. And it's seven days long then? Yeah. Wow. And is it hot yep. out there? It gets hot during the day, but it's not terrible. It's not like Austin hot. Like yeah. It's not humid. Humidity. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's so interesting because I feel like for me, like I've been on this like journey of like trying to figure out who I am and my, I call it like my higher self. And I think that to me, like going somewhere like Bali or something that's really like spiritually inclined. And that's what I think it's one, one, one on the clock, guys. I always read out my angel numbers, but I, you know, have, have been just on this journey and really wanting to kind of like take and do some things like on my own and just like open up. And I think being around just people that you don't know in this 
sense of community just seems like a really, really incredible event. Do you travel often by yourself? Yeah, I've traveled all over the world by myself. Um, I, yeah, all over the world. I've been to Peru, hiked up Machu Picchu by myself, Europe, all over the United States. But I do think, personally for me, I think more self-awareness comes from community. I mean, yeah, I can go to Peru by myself, travel all around there, and it's great. But there's something that comes with working with other people and being with other people and mixing with other ideas and influences that really helps you become more self-aware about who you are. And so a thriving community is like my favorite thing. Like I'm obsessed with the idea of community so much that I think you can find community in group chats on Facebook in groups. You can find community in big events like Burning Man. You can find community pretty much anywhere. It's so interesting because I'm in like a Trader Joe's group on Facebook. And it's like these women rally around each other for Trader Joe's, but you'll see posts in there where people are just looking for community. And I feel like people just want to know that they belong. And so I feel like you can become way more self-aware when you attach yourself to these communities. And like, I'm a big group chat fan because to me, you build those communities, even at the fine level of a group chat. I, yeah, I think you become way self-aware in community. So do you feel like within your, um, your company and your shop, is there a certain community there? Like, is there a certain type of woman that's wearing your clothes? Yeah. So I do have like a VIP community group on Facebook. You can find it. It's vip.styledaf.com. And in there, it's really, I just try to be as raw as possible. And I share with them things going on in my life. I'm pretty open with them. And it's, People come there, I think, for community in terms of looking for, oh, she's in this dating world. I'm going through the same thing. Or I have a lot of women that are much older and married that went through those things before who are finding ways to relate to me or who are almost like on the outside looking in who are just mind blown by the things that I tell them. And so they find themselves in that sort of community as well. Um, And they find community with each other in my community by relating like what is this craziness thing I was talking about? what's a white claw like <laughs> that sort of thing and so I feel like if you are a leader in any sort of uh, aspect you can build that community by sharing who you are because that's going to help people feel related or relatable and that's going to build that community absolutely and I think if you are someone and you're here and you're kind of like I, I'm, I'm dying to be a part of something get out here and fucking create it. And you create it simply by letting your light shine. So for me, what I realized just in my network marketing business is like, I don't want to like throw shakes in people's faces. And I don't want to be really spammy about like what my products are. And I say fuck like a lot. And some days I do skip my workouts. And they're just, when I was in that space, I didn't feel that there were people doing that. And I just wanted to give people a way that if you skipped your workout today, like, I don't really give a fuck, just stay accountable to yourself. And that really is the vibe and the community that I've created over the last three years. And it's kind of pivoting as I'm evolving myself. But tell us just one piece of advice that you just want women to know or to remember about themselves. Um, I would say the number one piece of advice for women to remember about themselves is everyone's doing the best they can with the tools they have. That is, I actually have that on a quote board in my kitchen that I want people to remember that about themselves, but more than anything about other people. I always think that when I'm getting frustrated with someone, I really have to stop and remember they have a different set of tools than I do, right? Doesn't mean my tools are better. They just have different ones. And so I need to remember that. That's from Brene Brown. That changed my life. That is so fucking good because 
I think we live in this society and especially on social media, it's kind of, I think, magnetized where, oh, you should be eating a certain kind of way or you should be drinking a certain kind of way. And I actually just changed my screen name. It's been what it's been for years. And I'm just like, I'm just over that it has to be a certain kind of fitness even that people do. Eat what you want, meet yourself of where you are and as a coach or, you know, you as a leader and what you do, because I really do think you're like leading this community and you're fostering that for other women to feel supported and encouraged. It's, it really just is about meeting people with where they are. And mm-hmm. just it's hard, it's hard, really hard to remember, but it's, that's the key. Yeah. But I think when you can remember that, this is also where we really learn to accept ourselves and we stop being resistant to growing into a better version of ourselves. Right. Well, it's been so much fun to hang out with you. And before we leave, you are doing something super special for all the listeners of this podcast, which, so why don't you tell us what you have in store for us? Yes. So I'm going to give all your listeners 15% off their first order at styledaf.com with code realraw15. And I cannot wait for them to find something awesome to wear. I'm so excited. This was so fun. So, so much fun. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me. And to my friend that's listening to this, remember, it is my mission to empower you to embrace living your life real, raw, and free as fuck. We'll see you next time. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to say thank you for hanging out with me today. I love being wherever you are. So make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if any of this spoke to you, go share it with a friend. Tag me on your stories today, XO underscore Yolanda Russell with two S's and two L's. And you might as well go ahead and tag Real Raw and Free Podcast. It's my mission to empower you to embrace living your life real, raw, and free as fuck. I love you so much. I'll see you next week.